Psalm 18. If you'd like to read along, you can find it on page 454 in the Pew Bible. We won't read every verse of this psalm right now, but I would encourage that during the day today, we, we can do that together, maybe on our own time. Psalm 18 has the title to the choir master, the psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord had rescued him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. And then the verses continue on describing the mighty appearance of, the, of God in all his glory. We reach the summary in verse 16. Verse 16, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me. And then the psalm continues to describe some of the righteousness, the, the cleanness of hand, how he followed the Lord. And we come to verse 31. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer, set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. Continues on about how he defeated all his enemies. And then in verse 43, the next page, you delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lose heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who delivered me from my enemies, yes, 
You exalted me above those who rose against me. You rescued me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you look at the history of salvation, you can see that ever since the fall into sin and misery, the Lord promised that he would send a Messiah, an anointed one, a king. And this filled his people with great hope. Now there's a close connection between Psalm 22 and the books of Samuel, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. These books really focus on the coming of the Messiah, the anointed king. And so from the prayer of Hannah in the very first chapter of 1 Samuel, first or second chapter of 1 Samuel, all the way to the end of 2 Samuel, chapters 22 to 24, the theme is who is the anointed one? What will the anointed one look like? 2 Samuel 22, way at the end of these books of Samuel, that's what Psalm 18 is. The same words. 2 Samuel 22 is the answer to Hannah's prayer at the very beginning of the books of Samuel. And so we see that our psalm, which is the same as God's answer to Hannah's prayer for the Christ, the anointed one, our psalm is pointing to Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that God incorporated the final words of the anointed King David into the divine worship book of the church of all ages in Psalm 18. And we sing today, we sing the final words that David handed over to the choir master. And we know that today we are singing about Jesus Christ and, and all the church that believes in him. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, the Lord brings great salvation through his anointed King Jesus. And you can see that that comes from the very last verse of the psalm. You see that Jesus Christ rescues us from death. That's dealing mostly with the first 19 verses. Jesus equips us in life. That's shown to us in verses 20 to 45. And Jesus Christ fills our hearts with joy. So Psalm 18, as we've seen, is, is the words of a king in his old age. And he's looking back at all the years of his life, years that were filled with fleeing, with controversy, with sex scandals, with battles, with family struggles. And looking back, the old king can only conclude that he made it to where he was because God himself had come down from heaven to rescue him from the many waters and set him in a broad place where his feet will not slip. That's the passage we read in verses 16 to 19, kind of the, the summary. From the human perspective, under the sun, 
Life's struggles can bring us into many desperate situations. The imagery of the psalm points to, to cords of death that are, are trying to take hold of us and pull us into the grave. It speaks also of the battles all around. It seems like we're always fighting for, for what is right. Life can feel as frightening and as overwhelming as waters that are going up. And if you can't swim, that's a, a terrifying experience to have. And, and the psalm uses all this imagery to, to show us the difficulties of life. And then in the midst of it, look at how God responds to the children who, who feel overwhelmed and as they cry out. He sees the children he delights in. And when they call out to him, we see in verse 7 that the Lord God comes in anger, earth-shattering anger against the enemies of his anointed in whom he delights. And so in verses 8 to 15, using the imagery of a terrifying storm with darkness and wind and hailstorms and thunder and lightning and earthquakes, the Holy Spirit shows us that the Lord is bowing the heavens, literally just leaning down to the earth, intervening to punish the enemies of God's church. And he does so in a majestic display of his glory with cosmic consequences because he loves his anointed. He does that all for the ones he delights in. David was the anointed king, and he was pointing forward to our Lord Jesus, the anointed king of God. And so when our Lord Jesus came to earth and he read this psalm, he could learn that his heavenly father also delighted in him, and that his heavenly father would rescue him from the cords of death, the snares of death, the cords of Sheol. The difference for Christ Jesus was that not only was he saved from dying outside the appointed time of God, but when he did die, he did not stay locked up in the tomb. He truly was raised from out of the dead. The storm of the Lord's wrath against sin that brought Jesus to the cross and inside the grave in our place, that, that storm of his wrath, it came to an end. When a father rescued his son, took him out of the grave because he delighted in him. He said, with him I am well pleased. Jesus Christ defeated death, and so he rescues all who believe in him from, from all those enemies. He puts us on God's side so that we never have to fear the loss of our eternal life. And we can sing out like we did the, the words of Romans 8. We sang it in hymn 35. If God is on our side, against us shall be none. The Lord delights in his anointed king. We read in verse 20, looking at how God, Jesus Christ, equips us. Verse 20 the Lord delights in his anointed king because of his righteousness. For David, also for us today, righteousness refers to the desire to walk 
with the Lord. It's the desire to trust in him for the forgiveness of our sins through the righteousness of another. So David was a righteous man. He wanted to follow the Lord. He trusted that God would give him the forgiveness of sins. For the anointed king, Jesus, to whom David was pointing, righteousness was a little different. It meant his own perfect innocence. It meant the holiness that he accomplished for David. God, we read in verse 32, makes David and all who trust in him blameless in anticipation because of Christ's perfect righteousness, his atoning sacrifice that we continue to celebrate today. Although God is angry, we read, with the crooked and haughty, if you look at verses 25 to 27, you can see he is merciful to the merciful, blameless to the blameless, and pure to the purified. God equips us to walk with him. We see in verse 28, he, he lights our lamp. He gives us all that we need to follow our anointed King Jesus Christ in his righteousness. And that's what's described in Psalm 18. That's what we're thinking of when we sing this. For once Jesus Christ has rescued us from sin, when we're raised from the dead with him, he opens the way into restored fellowship with God. It's described here as, as uh, open places, a broad place, verse 19. And so we can look back at our lives with the same words that David did so many thousands of years ago. In Canada at the moment, there's not a lot of physical fear that we have or physical suffering, but that struggle exists. And we, we move it into the spiritual realm, the, the, the realm of ideas, and we recognize that we are in a very similar situation. And so when Christ gives his church the Holy Spirit, verse 28, we can see in the darkness. We have light in the darkness. And then if we look at the imagery of verse 29, for example, look at how it tells you God equips you with power to fight in your spiritual battles. You can run against the troops. Children, you can imagine that too, right? Leaping over a wall. And then verse 33, your feet like the feet of a, a deer, fast and, and nimble. And then look at verse 34. He trains our hands for war. He can bend a bow of bronze. It's tough to bend a bow of wood. With the saying, how strong and how the Lord equips us for our battles. And yet, you see in verse 35 that God's gentleness makes us great. And do you see how your risen and ascended Lord equips you? The Spirit is leading you, giving you the strength in Jesus Christ to face the challenges of this life. The Lord, our light, our refuge, our salvation. That's what we sing in response. He fills our hearts with, with joy. When God came to earth in his son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, 
Compare that to the way the Lord came to earth in Psalm 18. When he came in his son, Jesus Christ, he did not come in that mighty storm of judgment to punish everyone. He came as a little child, conceived like a whisper, and born in a stable. John 3, verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Son of God came down into this earth to serve and not to be served. And then we see how God brought about that that wonderful salvation through his anointed king. He did so through the way of humility and through suffering so that Jesus Christ entered death's domain, Sheol. And the cords of death held him and he didn't bust them off immediately, but he stayed ensnared by death for us and in our place as he paid for our sins. But his own righteousness allowed him to walk out on the third day. Risen from the dead, he could fulfill the rest of the prophecy in David's life in Psalm 18, where he was appointed head of all the nations. Look at verse 43. You made me the head of the nations. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed king, is an eternal anointed king, lifted up by God above all the nations of the earth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the light of salvation for everyone who submits to him. And when we bow before him as our king, we share in his glory. We share in his victory. And the message that we sing as we praise our Lord among the nations, it's, it's a wonderful message. It's verse 50, great salvation. Great salvation God brings to his king. He shows his steadfast love to his anointed. And what a blessing it is for us today then to take this psalm on our, our own lips to lift up our eyes to the Lord, to think about Jesus Christ, to think about the victory over the grave, to think about the light of all nations, and to say in verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation my stronghold. And then if you look at the end of the psalm, it comes again, the Lord lives. He's real. The gospel of salvation we preach, celebration of the sacrament of Lord's Supper, our union with Christ, it's real. The Lord lives. The victory is real. Great salvation belongs to Jesus Christ, to all who share in his anointing. Amen.